Hello to my fellow humans with True Crime Obsessions. Welcome back to Crime Obsessed Dog Mom. I'm Michelle, the Crime Obsessed Dog Mom, with my co-host... I think he's eating some papa. Oh, no, he's actually on my feet today. Hello, baby. The baby dog known as Rory. Today we're going to look at the twisted murder of Jason Sweeney. Let's go. All right, welcome. Hello, everyone. I'm very late <laughs> doing this episode, but life, right? Um, uh, just in here in my chair. Um, yeah, just life get, gets out of the gets out of control. Um, but here we are. I'm still technically releasing on time, just approximately seven and a half hours later than usual. Um, your girl just woke up and just didn't want to do not not want to not I didn't want to not do this but I was just exhausted so here we are uh we are doing the case today on Jason Sweeney it should be a little bit on the shorter side of things which most of my episodes have been um lately uh things are going pretty well on this side of the planet that was weird to say um I'm I've been going back and forth about saying something about what's been going on with why we went to bi-weekly, why things that have been going on with me personally, with how this kind of slowed down. Um, and it's really scary to say because the last time I announced this, it was totally different. Uh, I felt very different. Um, and if you have been listening since the beginning, you probably know what I'm going to say. Or if you're anybody that I talk to on the regular, you probably already know as well. Um, but my husband and I are expecting, again, uh, it's very scary. Um, we are high risk. Not just because we lost the, the baby last time uh, at late, but um, because we are expecting twins. Um, it's a girl and a boy. Um, we're very excited. Um, we've been having weekly ultrasounds um, since pretty much the beginning of January. Uh, both are looking pretty good. Um, blood pressure, my blood pressure has been a little bit of a, an issue, but um, that's kind of why I had to slow down on this. Um, I'm due the same day that I lost the last baby. We found out that we had lost the last baby. Um, so it's been a weird feeling. I found out just before Thanksgiving, um, I just had a weird feeling. And we it was confirmed um, like middle of December. And then uh, we told my, our parents on Christmas. And um, I don't know, it's been weird. Our first like big ultrasound was at like 12 weeks. Um, and that was on January 11th and that was our due date with our first pregnancy. And I'm trying not to cry. So, um, I feel like I'm still processing my grief while trying to be excited about this. Um, I'm currently going to be 18 weeks this week, so we are pretty far, far along. Um, 18 weeks is 
sort of close to um, halfway for twins, um, which is wild for me to think about. Um, it's been very scary. Uh, been exhausted, super nauseous. Um, but like I said, they're they're doing really well. Um, they're kicking away, and um, I haven't felt them too much quite yet. But that's still they're still on the little. They're still pretty small. Um, we'll have an ultrasound again this week, and um, everything came back low risk, and um, so we're just praying that everything continues to work out. Um, so if I have been maybe getting out of breath a little bit more while doing episodes, I would say that that is a contributing factor. Um, I definitely am losing, losing my, my ability to even like walk up the stairs at my house. I, I feel like I'm super out of shape. I haven't been at the gym as often, so I'm sure my cardio is suffer, suffering a bit. Um, but yeah, I guess that's kind of, I haven't been hiding it, but it's anybody that's been been listening that's known, they've been like, oh yeah, health issue, Michelle, ha ha ha. Um, but once again, we're excited. We're terrified. Um, it's all very, very scary. Um, continue, like, I, I'm trying not to let it kind of rob my joy, but it's hard to not let it rob my joy about all of this. So um, I'll continue to give updates. I hope and pray that I don't have to give a bad update again. Um, but things have gone well so far. Both are growing well, both are growing big. Um, so that's, that's all we can ask for really. Um, and it's a big boy. He was measuring last time we had measurements. I was a 16 weeks and he was measuring over 17 weeks and she was measuring just under 17 weeks. So they're, they're big kids. So we're, um, excited. We know, we think personally, we think that he's a big boy. Um, it makes me think of that song that's kind of popular right now on TikTok and stuff, but it just makes me think of how, when we found out it was twins, we didn't know the gender right away. We just found out gender a few weeks ago. Um, and we kind of enjoyed it for two weeks before we shared with our families. And my, um, my husband kept saying he had to go back and get his sibling. So we always had a feeling that at least one of them was boys, a boy. Um, so he had to go back and get his sister. Um, and it's very emotional. <laughs> uh, everybody's been very happy for us. You know, it's our double rainbow and everybody's been very positive. It's it's a weird, surreal feeling to be further along. Um, I would have been at 18 weeks when I made the announcement that I was no longer pregnant on the podcast. Um, I think, or night, something like that, around that time. Um, because for some reason I went back and looked at that episode today, so it was weird. Um, so I feel like it's weird to do a case now that I've, I've said all this stuff, but I do want to honor the case and everything um, that I did the research for. So that's a quick update. Um, reach out if you have questions. Uh, it's like I said, it's been a little bit crazy, but we are excited 
it's just scary. All right. So after that, let us get into the case. So this is the murder of Jason Sweeney. Jason Keel Sweeney was born July 29th. That's another crazy relevant day in my life. Um, 1986 in Philly, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, he was, you know, a very loving kid. He lived in a in a neighborhood called Fishtown with his mom and his dad, Don and Paul. And then he had a younger sister named Melissa. Um, his mom was a bank teller and his dad ran a small construction company. He was a very kind kid. He would, he's the kind of person that would intervene, you know, if he saw somebody was getting bullied, uh, he's sweet, gentle, uh, gentle person. Uh, he did end up dropping out of school in 10th grade. Um, but he ended up, uh, beginning to work at his dad's business, which was a construction company. Um, and he really enjoyed himself, uh, while he was there. He wanted to go into the Navy when he, once he turned 17, um, and wanted to become a Navy SEAL. And he actually got accepted into Valley Forge Military School, which was like his dream school, apparently. Um, but he couldn't, he couldn't afford the tuition for the school quite yet, um, before everything happened. So as he was growing up, he met, he, he met a guy in fourth grade named Edward uh, Batzig Jr. Um, but his parents, Don and, Don and Paul, they were kind of like, they didn't feel like Edward was the best kind of friend for their son. Um, and he kind of just, they kind of felt like he was getting into the wrong crowd. Um, they urged him like, hey, you know, this is maybe not the best friendship for you, but you know, teenage boys and stuff, they kind of, I mean, teenagers in general, right? They don't like to listen to their parents and, um, they kind of fell on deaf ears, um, when they wanted them to, to end the friendship or him to end the friendship. He was also friends with a couple of kids, uh, Nicholas Koya and Dominic Koya. Um, but they, their relationship was weird. Um, they, he, he had, he had known them for a long time, but their friendship ended right before everything happened. Um, the boys, the, the brothers, Nicholas and Dominic, they were raised, uh, they're by their dad because apparently their mom had, um, left when they were pretty young, but they knew them all, you know, they were all kind of just childhood friends. Um, before the incident, um, right before a few weeks before he met a girl named Justina Moyle or, uh, Moily. Um, and he, and he really liked her. He was very much kind of smitten with her and he was supposed to go on a date with her on May 30th, 2003. However, um, unknown to Jason at the time, uh, Justina was also hanging out with Nicholas Koya and, um, Edward, his best friend, remember Jason's best friend, and they were engaging in sexual relations. So he, she was kind of sleeping around with a couple of different people. So this date, um, was at this place called the trails and it's a wooded area near the Delaware river. Um, and he kind of got coaxed to go there with the promise of sex. So young kid thought he was 
going to have sex with this girl that he really, really liked. And unfortunately, that was not the case. When he didn't come home that night, his parents knew something was weird. And it really, really weighed heavy on them. So they ended up reporting him missing. Um, They didn't know why he didn't come home. um, And we're going to find out here soon. But they did know where he was going um, and who he was going to be there with, right? He knew that they were going to the trails and he was going to be with Justina. When Jason walked in to the trails, this wooded area, uh, he didn't realize that his best friend since childhood and the Koya brothers were lying in wait. Um, Edward, his best friend since fourth grade, was the first person to take a blow. He struck him in the head four or five times. Uh, they continued to just plummel him, all, all three boys, um, mostly on his face and his head with a hatchet, a hammer, and a rock until he was dead. Um, later on, Edward told a detective that he hit Jason with a hatchet four or five times um, and that Jason was begging for his life um, and they just kept hitting him. And one time, apparently, Jason looked him, his best friend, in the eye during the beating and said, please stop, I'm bleeding, which then Edward just continued to hit him with an axe. Um, They finished the whole murder by dropping a boulder on the right side of his face. His head was so crushed that the only bone left undamaged was his left cheekbone. The only way that his body was identified was from a cut on his hand that he has sustained at his construction job. It wasn't hard for the police to figure out who was responsible, right? He was supposed to be with Justine. They had that person of interest right away. Um, She was unharmed, right? All this horrible thing happened to Jason, but she was unharmed. And so suspicions obviously were starting to grow. even though she claimed she was innocent of anything. Um, after, though, it didn't take long because um, there were there were rumors, whispers, um, as and they got to the police that Justine, Edward, and the Koya brothers um, had been, they were bragged about it. They bragged about conspiring to kill him for his paycheck um, just days before the crime. Um And to kind of add the weight to everything, they found out, like authorities found out that Edward was aware that Jason would have a paycheck that day. So things are not looking good for these four. And before these four lowlives left the crime scene, um, they had a, a group hug. They split the $500 that they killed him for. And they used it to buy some jewelry and some drugs, um, heroin, marijuana, Xanax, uh, and they just partied, apparently. Dominic described it as they partied beyond redemption. So before her trial, right, the, the, the cops got down to the end of this pretty easy. Justine, um, Justina, they, they tried to get her tried as a juvenile, um, so to get her help, right? Cause she had all these issues um, and they wanted her to be able to live a productive life. They, you know, they did the classic painted her as this troubled teen um, and the, you know, the, the least bad out of all of them. Um, but it didn't work. Um, 
you know, they continued to bring up her troubled childhood. Uh, She had substance abuse starting at 10. She was self-harming and was hospitalized in 2002 or 2002. It's weird. I'm so used to saying 20 something now, but 2002. Um, And so she... Um, she was threatening to kill herself. Um, and so her mom took her, um, well, her mom took her out of the hospital because she was threatening to kill herself. She was expelled from public school, uh, attended a private school in Fishtown, uh, called the Holy Name of Jesus Catholic School. Um, and it was also revealed without, obviously Jason didn't know this before he had passed, but that she was sleeping with those other boys uh, separately, obviously. Um, and they were, she was having sex so she could get heroin um, for, from them. Um, they, they continued to just kind of argue that um, this, all of this bad stuff that had happened to her kind of was at the, I don't know, what, how, what do you say? The crux of why this happened, but the attorney general, assistant district uh, uh, attorney, pretty much was like, no, she had a very significant um, role in this crime. She tried to get pre- treatment previously, but she was to no avail. Um, judge agreed, um, and she was tried as an adult for murder. She ended up pleading guilty to third degree murder um, in exchange for testifying against the boys. Um, and she got 17 and a half to 35 years behind bars. Dominic confessed, confessed in a court hearing that they were all involved in the murder. Um, they said they was planned for days before part of the prep, uh, was listening to the Beatles song Helter Skelter over 40 times, um, which kind of ended up drawing the parallel between that and the Hanson family murders, uh, a friend of Dominic. Uh, named Joshua uh, said that they were bragging about their plan to kill Jason um, by using Justina as a, as bait. Um, And he even talked and he said afterward, after they killed Jason, that they seemed fine. Like they seemed almost happy. So all four teams involved uh, were, they were all drug addicts, um, but they were not high when they did murder Jason, um, Dominic actually answered the question because he was asked, you know, were you were you high during the killing? He's like, no, I'm as sober as I was right now. Uh, sick. It, it 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 is sick, isn't it? He um, they kind of fig- they were looking for a motive. They didn't understand. A forensic uh, psychologist later pretty much just said, hey, they think that the motivation went beyond just the robbery, right? It's $500. Um, and there must have been some kind of envy and resentment towards his relative success in life, life comparatively. Um, in 2004, which is a couple years after this happened, um, the prosecutors opted out of seeking the death penalty for Edward and Nicholas. Um, they just kind of uh, went ahead with seeking it against Dominic um, until, unfortunately, the until the U.S. Supreme Court ruling in Roper versus Simmons, which meant under 18, if you were uh, under anybody defendants that were under 18 couldn't be executed. So as a result, he was spared of the death penalty penalty, literally 14 days, he was 14 days shy of his 18th birthday. 
So as of right now, um, all three boys are still imprisoned. And Justine, uh, Justina was released in December 2020 and is actually currently out on parole. Which makes me disgustingly sick. And I hate it. That's two in a row. Two episodes in a row where somebody gets killed and one of the bitches gets out. And I just don't... Literal horrible person. I can't. I can't. I can't. I know it's kind of a short case and I feel like I talked about myself more than the actual case. But I think there should, there's... I'm happy that Jason got justice, whatever kind of sick justice this this is. Um, I think it's bullshit that she's out on parole. Um paroled right into the pandemic um so it's very sad um it's very unfortunate that jason had to lose his life uh over 500 dollars um the scum of the earth kind of people unfortunately um you know i pray to his family continues to find healing and it's going to be 20 years this year so it's very tragic um but that's all I have for you. Uh, thank you, as always, for tuning in. Thanks for listening to my babbling at the beginning of my episodes. Um, like I said, I hope I don't have to make a, a not-so-great update, part two. Um, I understand that, that it is part of life, and grief is part of life, but we will, my husband and I are continuing to pray um, and just ask for, if you are a person that prays, um, feel free to include us in those prayers, um, positive vibes, whatever positive energy that you can send to us. We appreciate it. Uh, once again, it's still very scary. Um, but we are moving forward. We're excited, but once again, and that's the only way I can say it, uh, I were excited, but scared. Um, it's still very overwhelming to be, at this place and every week is hard because every single ultrasound I'm just scared that something's wrong um especially that 16 week ultrasound was really hard um but they've been doing good we'll continue to pray that they do good um I hope you all are well please continue to help spread the spread the news about the podcast. I know we've been, I think we're like 1200 over a little over 1200 downloads already. So that's really great. Um, I thank you all appreciate it. Um, be well, take care of your animals and I will talk to you all in a couple weeks. Bye.